ownership creates opportunities. And what I love about those opportunities is that those opportunities, if steward well, just adds on to your ownership. This is the Own It Show, where we tell stories of how everyday people made ownership theirs. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Own It Show. I'm Justin. And I'm Elise. Welcome to the show. And I know... Over the past couple of weeks, we've had some pretty heavy hitters on the show, and it's been a lot of fun leaning into their stories. And today, we're just going to continue that pattern. And it is going to be a lot of fun to dive into this man's story, because as he's navigated this world of financial literacy, as he has navigated this world of financial change and financial freedom in a family's experience. There is nobody that has done it better. There's nobody that's been exposed to the best leaders and ultimately forged his own path. It's something that I think we can all relate to when we could stay in what's safe, we could stay in what's working, we could stay in what has historically proven to do what we want. But stepping out on a limb And taking the calling that has been put on our life and leaning into it with full fervor, nobody has done it better than what this man has done. And so it is a pleasure to introduce everybody to Anthony O'Neill. Anthony, if you or if you haven't been watching Anthony's content on Instagram and YouTube, it is absolute fire. So (laughs) definitely follow him. That'll be in the show notes after. But Anthony, it's a pleasure to have you on. and, uh, And I appreciate who you are. Oh, man. Thank you both for having me on this. I've been looking forward to this since you and I first met, man. So we're going to have a good conversation today, man. I'm looking forward to it. Anthony, give, I'd love just you to give a little bit of the background of um, uh, of your story, because we know that uh, you were working with Dave Ramsey for a long time and not just working with him, but literally his right hand man leading um, that uh, that movement and that motion um, and in some ways that ministry that he has. And I'd love to hear your story and your journey <laughs> making that way through, but then also what kind of fell on your heart and what was, what, what led you to kind of step out into your own space and, and do what you're really leaning into today? Yeah, man, that's such a good question. You know, um, it was probably, one of the best things that happened for my life, working with such a guru and a general um, and a general uh, in that space of finances, um, not even just in finances, just just in kingdom in general. You know, um, Dave Ramsey has a heart for the people. He has a heart for the Lord. I mean, he has a heart for finances. And so really, you know, before I met Dave, I was a youth pastor at a mega church in Jacksonville, Florida served there for about five years. And I was teaching young people how to, you know, pretty much go to school debt-free, how not take out credit cards and pretty much how to live a well-balanced life, but below their means financially. So don't take out a lot, a lot of debt, live below your means. And then I had the opportunity to meet Dave. And when he found out what I was doing, I was able to come up beneath him as one of his personalities and continue that message. And I learned a lot of things over those seven to eight years. And one of the things that I learned over those years is that um, I had a real heart and a real passion for millennials and minorities. And 
Um, unfortunately, I couldn't, I really couldn't do it as aggressive as I wanted there uh, because um, it, it was a, it was a much bigger machine. And so uh, we both to say, you know what? I think that Anthony is, it's time. It's time for you to go do what God has called you to do. Um, and it was, it was a great release uh, from my brother, uh, from my friend Dave to go do what I really believe God has called me to do. But it was, it was scary though, man. I gotta be honest to, to leave that machine and then to go out on your own with not a thousand people behind you, not speaking to 12 million people all the time. I was like, you know what, God, this has to be you. And because of how much uh, Dave supported the vision, uh, Dave was behind the vision and he gave me his blessings to leave. He called it, it was like a church plant. We're going to plant Anthony to go do what God has called him to do. And because of that, I felt I felt like, hey, here's my assignment to go be a full-time entrepreneur um, and to go win. And I got to tell you, man, it, it's been a great it's been a great journey. It's been a fearful journey over this <laughs> over this last year and a half, uh, but it, but it's been a great experience, though. As you've kind of navigated into these boots and got out into it, it's one thing to have a plan. It's one thing to go and like say, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to navigate the road." As you were, as you a made that really hard decision to go and step out and be on your own and not have the 12 million people behind you uh, that, that you had in that built-in machine. What Talk me through that first day, that first mm. day of true Anthony O'Neill entrepreneurship. What was that like for you? Uh, to be honest, man, and to be transparent, it was emotional. Um, it was some tears. It was, can I do it? Um, it was, you have to do it. <laughs> um, it was, God, it has to be all you. Then it was me walking the dog crying. Like, how am I going to do this? Uh, because it's funny, you know, when, when you step out on your own, you, you have the plan, but you haven't worked the plan. And the problem is, do you know how to work the plan? And so when, when, when the very first day, man, I didn't work at all. I literally uh, called one of my friends, Dr. Darius Daniels, um, and you've had opportunity to meet him as well. And say, like, hey, how do how do I do this? How do I, as a young man who is kingdom focused, but now entrepreneur driven, how, what where do I go? And thankfully, I was surrounded by great men uh, like Darius, um, and I won't name anyone else because they're, they're, I want to be respectful with their information, but I was surrounded by great men and great ladies who have been doing this for like five to 10 years. And so like the very first day to the very first week, I didn't work at all. I literally was on every phone call, every Zoom call. I even flew out uh, to Dallas to sit down with some people to just pour into me, to just learn, to just listen, to just take notes and to just process everything that's going on. Now, week two, oh, it was all game on. Yeah. <laughs> because I, had all, I had all the knowledge. I had all the wisdom. I had all the information. Now I was like, all right, cool. Now you got to go put it to work. And week two, I just went to running. Um, and, um, but I never forget week, day one. I didn't even get out the bed until like one o'clock that afternoon. 
Mm. And my dog was sitting there looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Um, Because I was emotional, man. I was like, wow, it's really all on me now. And I've never in my life been in that place to where it was all solely on me. Uh, But fast forward, you know, almost two years later, I wouldn't change this spot for the world. First off, Anthony, thank you for sharing that with us and for the vulnerability, because that's what that's what makes these episodes really, really powerful is when our listeners do get to know the real you. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said earlier, um, and you walked us through in a really clear way what week one looked like and then how it was like a 180 switch. <laughs> but you you said something earlier that the last year and a half, two years has been, has brought up a lot of fear in mm-hmm. you, right? Like it, it, this, even though you received your assignment, you know what your calling is. Week one, you're processing everything. You're figuring out what your plan is. Week two, you're executing. It doesn't mean you walk into week two and it's all uphill from there. No. Unfortunately, <laughs> life doesn't work that way, right? Right, right. So, because a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and go through these highs and lows, talk us through what some of those have been for you in the last two years. And not only what what the tangible the tangible difficulties are, but how do you get through them? Mm. You know, and, and, and if I'm gonna be honest, I think one of the the, the interesting parts um for me. And y'all guide me wherever you want me to go because I don't know your audience. But, you know, I'm a single entrepreneur. You know, I don't, I don't have a beautiful wife like my brother here to come home to when things are going down. And, you know, I, I said the other half, he was like, no, nah, this is the better half. You know, I don't have a better the best half. half. <laughs> there you go, the best half. You know what I'm saying? And so and I'm like, for me, man, as a single entrepreneur, that impacted my dating life. That impacted and slowed down me actually pursuing ladies because I was like, yo, I don't know what this next year is about to look like. And I don't want to bring you into something that may just flatline and just stay flat for a while. And so I had to really focus. And, you know, sis, on those days, man, there were some days I I just wanted some feminine energy around me. But I was like, I know if I if I started dating I wasn't in a position to emotionally give her what she needed because I was so focused on building, 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 because I knew that if I don't get up and work, if I don't get up and build, then I'm not going to eat. And um, I got to eat. And 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 I have a certain way I like to eat. <laughs> so <laughs> I really got to eat. So I really got to work. And so, you know, for me to get through that, man, I got really heavy ingrained with my church. I got really heavy ingrained with the community of people that really helped me accountable to my vision and to my goals. Um, And that's the next thing is, you're right. I started off not going up. I started off just like kind of like waves a little bit, like nothing, nothing really shot up. But nothing never dropped tremendously. Like I was like, all right, cool. I'm getting a little bit. All right. Little low, little high, a little low then a little high. And one of my mentors sat down with me and he said, hey, the reason why you haven't had that that success where you jump up, he said, because you haven't really sat down and wrote out the clear vision for Anthony. You've always had the vision for Anthony with, you know, this church or with this corporation or with this business. But now you are the business. So there needs to be a clear vision for you and this business. So you need to spend some time 
to write that vision. So I went through this whole vision work uh, 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 work day. And on this day, man, he was asking me so many questions. And I'm going to tell you, the next day, my business didn't shoot up. The next week, my business didn't shoot up. But I felt my energy and I felt the environment around me just shoot up because now there was clarity. And well, I'll never forget, about a month after I wrote that vision, man, I mean, partnerships was coming in, brand deals were coming in, um, income was starting to come in, income I've never seen in one month. But then three months later, it shot down. What kept me going was my vision, my vision that was attached to my why and the community that I facilitated that helped me to my why and to my vision. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I recommend to all entrepreneurs is one, get you a clear vision, get you a clear why, get you a why that is so deep that it makes you cry. Because I really do believe that if your why doesn't make you cry, then the price of commitment to become truly successful will make you cry. And, and for me, my vision makes me cry. Me getting married and being able to travel the world whenever I want to travel the world with my wife, I get emotional about that. Me being able to get up and take my kids to school and be a soccer dad and take them to Israel to learn about Jesus and to learn about math in Israel makes me cry, gets me excited, you know, because I'm like, wow, this is great. And that vision keeps me going when I do not feel like going, because if I quit, then that means the vision doesn't come to pass. And so the vision and the why gets me going. My community kept me going. And here's the thing too, watch this. Ooh, this is so good. But y'all have some good questions. Like this. <laughs> Even when everything is going, I remember I had my best month. I've had two amazing months this year that just blew my mind, right? I, I was like, what in the world? Um, but even on those months, my vision, I didn't get comfortable. My vision expanded. When I when I saw what we could do, I said, oh, wait a minute. Like, I didn't be like, oh, this is good. Great. Ooh, I can relax a little bit. I said, oh, no, 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 no. This is getting me closer to the vision. I need more months like this. So that way, when I do have a low month, my low month is an average month two years ago. Mm -hmm. And my vision was, like, I right, keep going, actually expand it now, actually go deeper now and go from there. So I would definitely say for entrepreneurs, get you a community, get you a solid why, get you a solid vision. When you hit those lows, man, you're going to be able to keep going. But when you hit your highs, you're going to even want to shoot higher. So that way now your lows become not really lows, but just average days, average months. Your words are such gold, but the passion and the energy and the excitement behind it just makes it so much better. Quick question. Would you be willing to share with us what your why is? Yeah, you know, my why is very simple, right? I grew up in a very um, hardworking family, a hardworking um, family. I have four parents, so two biological parents and two step parents. And um, both my fathers served in the military, one in the army, one in the Marines. My, my stepmother, my other mother doesn't work. And my biological mom is the breadwinner of the family, actually. Um, and she's been serving her same position for like the last 20 years. Say so hard to say uh, that my mom and my other father never had a wedding. Uh, never got, uh, they got married, but never had a wedding. 
My mom didn't get a ring until like five years after getting married. They never were been out of the country. We never did family vacations. As soon as I turned 14, I'm thinking we can go on spring break vacations or family vacations. No, I had to go get a job. I had to get a work permit to go get a job to help pay for some things around the house and some of the things that I needed for school. I remember walking around school and I had to push my socks back into my shoes and ask my teacher for black duct tape so I can get through the day so the water won't get into my shoes. Um, we didn't really have, I, I've never been in Disney World. I've never been in Disneyland. I've, I've, I, we only did things with my church um, if the church was doing good, but we didn't have family vacations. Um, and my why is simple. I want to provide a different life for my wife and for my kids that I didn't have. My wife will have a ring, um, a beautiful ring. My wife will have a paid for wedding. Um, my wife and I will go on a honeymoon and have a honeymoon every single month. My desire is that every month for the first year we get married, that we go on a honeymoon at least one weekend inside the United States. And every quarter for the first year, we go out of the country. We're creating a whole atmosphere again. And when we do have kids, I want to be just as active in my kids' life as much as their mother is. Because both of my fathers couldn't be as active because they were working hard. And I said, I want the opposite. I want to have all the income coming in so that way when I do have a family, I could be just as active um, as I want to be and be the best doggone husband, father, and community person in the world. And that's my why. Mm. It's beautiful. It it's so aspirational and inspirational at the same time. And I think the, the the uniqueness to that is that it's achievable. Anything that anything that we set our mind to, any vision that we put forth, it's not only possible, it's probable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the fact that we've taken the time and the moment to vision to create vision, to bring it to fruition, to put it to the forefront of our mind, so that that can ultimately be what starts forging all of the decisions and the action items that we put into play. There's this there's this analogy that I want to bring forward here, and we talked to about why we need to be connected to the vision, mm-hmm. because so often we see this, and we 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 talked about this in church on Sunday is. If you take a you take a bag of grapes, for example, you take the grapes and you pick this thing up and it's a vine and it's chock full of fruit. It's got all the fruit there. It's hanging there. And we even go back to what you talked about, Anthony, in your great months this year. You reap the fruit of what was on that vine. Yeah. But all of a sudden you eat all the fruit off that vine <clears throat> that's there and you're just left with the vine. Ooh. The vine has no life left. The right. vine has nothing left. It is garbage. It is trash. Because it's not connected to the root. It's no longer connected to the root. If you went out into the vineyard and you just pulled grapes off and ate them, they would grow back. There would be more fruit. There would be more to yield. But it requires you to stay connected to the vision, to stay connected to that vine so you can continue to reproduce that fruit and to see it in bigger quantities and more quantities and more fruitful and more sweet quantities that we talk about. Yeah. That goes back to the vision that you just created. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're 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 on that one, man. Talking about my passion. I see, I see your passion. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Justin's got a lot of passion. <laughs> he does. A lot of passion bubbled up in there. <laughs> but I, I want to come back to another question for you, Anthony, because there's there's something that you that you mentioned, and it's even something that Elise and I, quite frankly, 
not struggle with, but something that's up very on the forefront of our mind is being emotionally available to be able to produce mm. that type of outcome. Mm. I mean, we've got, we've got very similar um, uh, goals and strategies in our life and how we, and how we operate. We just got back from a two week honeymoon. Um, we, uh, every quarter we have uh, a weekend that we spend together once a year, we go on a big trip together. These are things that we, we have date night every single week. These are things that we are very, very intentional about but the uniqueness and even the part quite frankly some of the struggle that we have in our relationship sometimes being entrepreneurs in the same business that are continuing to push and drive forward is that that emotional availability primarily from myself Mm. is not always there because Mm. it's i you're in the season of push go make that vision come true but you're also in a deep loving relationship at the same time and so i'm curious to, uh, for all of our listeners who are in that same boat and being able to now go, hey, single couple, both on the same page, speaking the same language, understanding that vision, understanding <coughs> entrepreneurship. What is what is your guidance, feedback of how to make all of that happen at the same time and knowing that there's a rhythm that needs to be played? Yeah, you know, some people talk about balance, right? And one thing I've learned, I'm not good at balancing, but I am good at prioritizing. And and I think that for me, I know that I will not be the best businessman until I am the best husband possible. And I do believe that once I find my wife, my favor, my best thing, that she now becomes my priority more than my business is my priority because my wife is my number one. My my wife in my home is my number one business, my number one ministry assignment. That's that's my church. And so for me, I'm teaching myself now because I'll be honest, man, I'm selfish, I'm selfish. I am. I, I I love my alone time. I when I get done working, like after I get, get done doing this podcast, if I had a woman, I, I wouldn't want to talk to her. I'm gonna be honest with you all because I, you know, I just got done talking for like three, four hours. Like I just need my space. Just 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 give me my space. Um, and yo, listen, you, you'll be all right. But one thing I've learned from my dad is, is like, son, that's not acceptable. Sometimes, you know, you you need to be able to set aside how you feel for the betterment of the relationship. And then if your right partner will understand, well, maybe give him a little bit of space, give him a little bit of time uh, because she will know right when he gets done working, he doesn't want to have a long conversation about how was your day? How are you? Let me tell you about my day. He wants to relax. And so what I've learned is, I had my boy Darius Daniels on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago. He said, the pick matters. Who you pick, who you select to be your partner in life, partner in entrepreneurship, partner in raising your kids with, the pick matters. So now I am I am selecting like, all right, be wise. I know I have to be emotionally available. I know I have to communicate well, but I also have to meet the woman who understands that I may not be on my A game all the time when it comes to me being emotionally available, but it's not because of her. It's just because of who I am in this present season of my life. And so I've really been in prayer about like, God, make me better. Uh, make me more open with my emotional side. And God, get rid of get rid of this, this just a little bit. 
just a little bit, but get rid of a little bit of this selfishness that I do have. <laughs> so y'all be praying for me on that part because I you got that. I'm still working on that and still praying on it. But to become a successful entrepreneur, you have to be selfish a little bit. So I don't want it all gone, but I do want to make sure that, you know, um, I am emotionally available and I am making sure that I'm over communicating uh, with my not just my wife, but even my family, my loved ones and make sure that I'm there. You know, it's it's so emotionally aware what you just talked about. There's mm. there's so many men in this world who don't even have a, a percentage of the awareness that you have in in um, creating that type of a of a space for your partner. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of ladies out there listening who's like, hey, how do I get a hold of this guy? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, that that comes in from therapy. I mean, yeah. let, let's be real. You know, I um I I mean I am a kingdom man, but I'm also a therapy man. You know, yeah. I I I firmly believe in um going to therapy therapy. And I remember the last young lady I dated, it didn't go the way that I thought that it could. And the first question my therapist asked me was, what what could you have done better? Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we never even got to her. It was, okay, what could Anthony have done better? What did you learn from that? And what I learned from that is I, I need to be more emotionally available and, and I could be a little selfish uh, because she said it. She's like, yo, you're always working. She said, and I love it because you're successful, but I didn't get none of your time. Mm-hmm. And when we talked, it was short. And I was like, yo, that's 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 real. And um what is it to gain the whole world and and die alone? What is it to build a multi-million dollar business and die alone? Mm-hmm. And What's if all for? I yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's it's right. like what 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 am I doing? And I said, if all I gotta do is just check me and fix these two things. God and therapy and accountability partners, we're fixing it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it is so true. And for somebody who myself is a huge therapy fan, I've been in, in therapy for almost 15 years myself. Wow. Um, it's changed my life. But <clears throat> there's something that you said that's really interesting. Um, you know, I was talking to a, a woman who had been in a marriage and still was in a marriage at that point for 30 years. And I said, How did you? create such a successful marriage to the point where you guys are still in love, right? There's a lot of couples out there who are Mm. married because it's just what you do, right? And it becomes a thing that you fall out of love, but you wake up, you make a conscious choice every day. And it's just this thing we're meant to do this, this thing we're meant to carry on our backs. Right. But she was still in a loving relationship. And she said, I asked her, her answer was, I kept my side of the fence clean. So when she went into those therapy sessions. Ooh. She wasn't focused on what her husband was doing. She was focused on how she could better herself. And her husband had a commitment to the same thing on his side. I just wrote that down. <laughs> Keep your side of the fence clean. Good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, and I think too, you know, I was looking at my my mom and my dad and I asked my dad that similar question. I said, man, how have it... How has it been, you know, you've been married for 35 years. You haven't cheated. I've never really heard you all argue. I mean, I've seen you all get a little, a little annoyed with each other, but I didn't see no arguments. Um, and y'all still love each other. Like they, they call each other. My dad could be with me 
My mama gonna call him like every hour on the hour. I'm like, mom, you just talked to him an hour ago. We out here golfing. <laughs> and I remember that one time I was on the golf course with my dad said, man, how is it? How was it you kept mom's attention this long? How does that she keeps your attention? Cause you know, this is a grown, this, this, this is a grown folks show. Y'all married, they're married. I mean, my mom and dad still have a great intimacy life. I'm like, how in y'all sixties do y'all love each other like that? And you running home to make love to your wife. <laughs> like what, what's going on? He said, you know what, son, I just focused on loving my wife and I never forced her to love me. Mm. I said, wait, what? He said, because if I love my wife, my wife will love me. Mm-hmm. I made sure that I did everything I had to do as a man and as a kingdom man and as a provider. And because of that, my wife then wanted to do everything she needed for me. And he was like, and then when you get married, we'll talk about the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Speaking as a woman, I think that's secretly what every every single woman wants. Deep wow. 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 Really? You know. It's, it's, it's amazing how there's probably a lot of listeners out there right now. They're going, man, this is hitting, this is sticking. I love this. This is good because it's so easy as an entrepreneur to just let things slide, to Mm -hmm. start to, uh, because you're like, I, I, I know what my priorities are. I'm working at it. I'm trying to keep everything in check, but there's, if we don't have checks and balances, if we don't have a moment to go back and really reflect. If we don't have a moment to really go back and say, hey, am I really prioritizing this? Is there somebody that can be a mirror for me and start to allow me to see where my shortcomings are? And we're not asking for perfection. We're Mm. asking for continual alignment. We're asking for continual understanding because it's easy to win the money game, but lose the life game. And we're not rocking that. And we're not living in that we end up actually losing the game that we want to be playing in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I want to bring us back to something you were talking about before, where you leaned into a bit, because I've had this conversation. I literally just got off a phone call with somebody who is, they're, for lack of a better term, they're a performer. They, they're on podcasts. They're speaking to people. All of us, they're on every stage you could ever imagine. They're a very public figure. And they're actually going to be absent for the next two weeks going and dealing with a lot of the things that are going on with a mental health side. And a lot of what it came back to was it's like the pressure to perform, the pressure to be in family, the profession, the pressure to be in business, the profession, the pressure to show up for my audience and serve has been so great that it's left me with nothing. And so with you being so close to that shift from being with Dave Ramsey and now going and being for Anthony Mm O'Neill and feeling that pressure, how have you been able to deal with that pressure and be able to then facilitate it to be extremely successful? Yeah. Yeah, You know, I actually do the same thing similar to what you said your friend does. Um, uh, before I left Dave, I took two weeks off. Um, and I did a sabbatical. Um, and I do that actually every year. Um, uh, for my birthday or if, 
or sometimes it'll be like right in the first two weeks of uh, Christmas before Christmas to really get programmed for the next year. But I just shifted now. I want to focus my years are my birthdays. And this past year, well, this year, 2021, July, I took the actual the whole month off to disconnect. And I took the whole month off just to be honest and transparent because there were a lot of people within my space that were doing some things that I really wanted to do. And I started growing envy. I started looking at them saying, well, I need to be doing that. Well, how come that person didn't call me to be on my show? Or man, shoot, we should be doing that. I started even pointing fingers at my team. Like, yo, what are you doing? Like, well, But I had to step back and realize through therapy, through my accountability partners that, yo, you're so ingrained into other people's worlds that you've allowed their world to infiltrate your world and to cause pain and to cause distractions and to cause um, confusion within your world. And so now what I do, honestly, Justin, is I, I actually unplug every July. I will unplug uh, two weeks in December, um, the last two weeks of December. And then I don't look at my feed, but only 20 minutes a day. So now I'm I'm watching how I'm programming my mind. And so I literally consume less of others and consume more of energy that fuels me of where I want to go. Uh, one of my friends said that he reads because he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be consumed and taken over. So he reads to grow, to evolve, to mature, and so that he doesn't suck. And he was like, Anthony, you should do the same thing. So now what I do is I make sure uh, with the pressure of succeeding, with the, pr the pressure of you want high numbers this month, you want higher numbers the next month. Well, here's the truth. We're not going to just keep going up, 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 up. We're going to go down. And then when we're going down, we're seeing other people go up, 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 up. While we're going down, 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 down. And then it causes this emotional battle on the inside. And so what I've just trained myself is play your game, live in your world. And when you feel, cause you're human. And when you feel that you're starting to be, con you're starting to consume other people, disconnect immediately. And I do that. Some days I just, I won't even just get on my phone. People will call me. I have 30 missed phone calls on a Saturday because I just wanted to disconnect because I felt my mind shifting and I cannot afford to shift ever because God has given me such a great assignment. And so um, that's what I do, man. Uh, and hopefully it'll help somebody. Yeah. I mean, there's something you said in there, which is consumption, Instagram, binging on Netflix is the new addiction, right? It's no law. It's not so much alcohol or pills or whatever it may be. The new addiction without even us being aware of it is yeah. how we're consuming in a completely different way. <clears throat> yep. And I love what you said about being able to stop consuming more of the external world and, and consuming and connecting and turning back inwards Yes. To, to be in touch with your own internal world. Because at the end of the day, we were put here for a very, very particular reason. Yes. If we're out there trying to be somebody else, then we'll never, ever be able to live truly in alignment with ourselves. So absolutely powerful. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, you know, and sometimes too, you know, 
Sometimes you have to, not sometimes, a lot of times. This may seem weird, but sometimes I look, I look myself in the mirror and say, you know what? You're doing it. I'm proud of you. Because I think sometimes we, we consume others and we're like, yo, they're doing it. Oh, wow, they're winning. No, look in your mirror and say, you know what? Anthony, you're winning. Anthony, you know what? You're doing it. Mm-hmm. Anthony, you know what? You're doing what you were created to do. Good job. Go win, bro. Like, I look in the mirror and I I be like, yo, let's go. I, I be <laughs> dancing. I get out the shower and I'm still wet. Like, let's go. You, know, <laughs> you got to pump yourself up. Because if you don't, and if you're always pumping others up on social media, others up in the world, which you should be celebrating other people, but never celebrate them more than you actually celebrate and encourage yourself. And that's not a that's not an arrogant thing. You're not saying you're better. But no, sometimes you need to look at yourself and get pumped about yourself because we can do all that for everyone else but then miss out on ourselves. And I think I am my number one cheerleader. I know there are some things I got to work on, but I also know that there are some things that I am good at and that I need to be my number one cheerleader because God gave me these gifts. He gave me these talents. He gave me this opportunity. And if he gave it to me, it means that he believes in me. So if he believes in me, I got to believe in me too. And if I believe in me, I'm cheering me on. And I think if we can get comfortable in cheering our own selves on um, and often, then it's easier to celebrate others. It really is. Man, I feel good. I, I believe God doesn't even doesn't only believe in us. He actually bets on us. He bets on us to be great. And I've actually turned bets into an acronym. And he bets on us with our blessings. He bets on us with our energy. He bets on us with our time. And he bets on us with our testimony. Mm. Because those are the things that connect us in a deep, deep way to people. Mm. And people are what matter to him. People are what matter in this space. And that is who we are meant to serve. And so you're doing it. And when you're continuing to not only... Uh, know that he's betting on you, you have no choice but to bet on yourself. Yeah, that's so good, man. I'm going to take that. I'll give you credit, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, Anthony, from somebody who so clearly lives in what we call ownership, and what that means is somebody who is deeply connected to themselves, somebody Mm -hmm. who is deeply connected to their higher purpose, somebody who is looking to not only better themselves in a physical, but also a mental way, Somebody who has a relationship with God, right? That is our definition of ownership. What would you say in a word or a phrase is your definition of ownership? Opportunities. One word. When you have have ownership, you have opportunities. You have opportunities to impact the kingdom. You have opportunities to impact people. You have opportunities to impact your family. You have opportunities to do the things that you desire to do. You have opportunities to change. Like when you own and you have ownership, ownership creates opportunities. And what I love about those opportunities is that those opportunities, if steward well, just adds on to your ownership. Yes. And so that's when I think about that, it's it's definitely for me opportunities. I'm I'm gonna have the opportunity to love my kid the way that another parent possibly can't love their kid. I'm gonna have opportunities to love my wife the way that other husbands may not have the opportunity of of loving their 
their their um their wife. Um I'm have opportunities to do things for the kingdom that other people may not have the opportunity to do. Um and so that I get excited about ownership because it just it simply provides opportunities. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so great. Uh, Anthony, where can our audience find more of you? Man, it's simple. Keep listening to this podcast. I'm going to come over here often. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, Then, you know, number two, man, they can go to anthonyoneal.com. Um, it's a lot of free content on there teaching you about entrepreneurship, financial freedom, getting out of debt, starting a small business, starting and building your own brand, my social media, my show information. So uh, anthonyoneal.com is the best, best place to start because anthonyoneal.com is going to serve you in any area that you are in life. And then after we serve you, we would love for you to come check out some of our content on our shows and stuff. I love it. Audience, as you're listening that's a man that's on fire. He knows exactly what he leans into. He knows exactly what he's been put here to do and he's doing it and he's living it and he's an example of it. And so I really encourage you to go seek that out, seek out his content, seek out what he's doing because it's, it's impactful and it's, and it's changing the world. And as you leave here, I want to come back to you and I want you to think about what game are you playing? Are you playing your game? Or are you playing something that someone else's? Are you owning your game? Or are you owning someone or is somebody else's game owning you? And I want Mm -hmm. you to own your different because as Anthony said, your pick matters, your pick Mm -hmm. matters in who you do life with your pick matters, who you do business with your pick matters in where you lean into and everything that we do, every pick that we choose and every pick that we lean into determines what fruit we are going to start to be able to bear determines what fruit we are going to start to produce. And as we start to lean into that, are you looking at your fruit or are you looking at somebody else's? Because that will determine whether your fruit is rooted or whether your fruit is rotting. And as we continue to go forward, as we continue to win this, we want to win that. We don't want to just win the money game. We want to win the life game. Mm-hmm. And we know that success is different. So own your different. And we'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.